Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. And with that, hello and welcome to the Rangeley Capital Podcast. I'm Chris DeMuth, a PM at Rangeley, and with me as always is my co-host and fellow Rangeley PM, Andrew Walker. It is Monday, January 9th, 2017, and today we're talking about the ultimate evil corporation of all time, <laughs> as well as the one million U.S. jobs pledge. Uh, to start with, I wanted to uh, discuss, bring up a, a presentation by T-Mobile CEO, John Laguerre, uh, that he recently presented his 2017 predictions. He expects this year's uh, wireless market to be the Wild West. Uh, and he presented uh, eight and then slipped in a ninth prediction, which I, I think I can tick off uh, quickly. Uh, but he uh went through all the things that are going to happen this year and made some pretty dramatic predictions. Uh, to start with, Big Cable, Comcast, and Charter will try to enter uh, the wireless market. Uh, he thinks he's going to... He thinks he's in the place to be, clearly. Google, Facebook, or, or Amazon could enter. Uh, he thinks that mobile will become over half of television by next year. Uh, Dish uh, will... He didn't say bought exactly, but will no longer be a standalone company. He kind of... I, I think, I think or, the quote was, he said, Dish will die, yes. but the, it was not they will go bankrupt. They will get bought by someone, which it, it, <laughs> we'll talk about that later, but it's interesting that he thinks getting bought is dying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, He thinks that, um, that he will beat AT&T and Verizon to gigabit LTE, which is kind of the half measure to the next level of uh, speed. Um, he thinks that his slow cooker Sunday Facebook live segment... Uh, we'll get a million views, which just shows, I mean, anything. Poss possibly the most controversial call of everything <laughs> on here. <laughs> and and I, I really, the one that I, I, I think will take the most subtlety on our point to exploit for profit. Um, <laughs> he believes that all the other four big four wireless CEOs will be gone. Uh, and he does not think he will be gone, however. He, he, uh, Comcast and Verizon will look to merge. And that is... Uh, T-U-E-C-O-A-T, uh, I put in my notes, uh, that is uh, the ultimate evil corporation of all time, which I really think is too bad that Time Warner Cable somehow would mm. be out of a deal that would be, I mean, in just in terms of evilness, mm. they should have some role. Uh, and then his serious point that he slipped in right at the end is that Trump would allow a Sprint and T-Mobile deal to finally happen. So that's the Wild West for you. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, so look, I think there are a lot of interesting predictions in here, but the the two kind of streams I want to talk on this, and we were hinting at this when he said Dish is going to die because they're going to get bought out. Mm -hmm. He is a CEO. Yep. CEOs are pitching their own agenda. And it is clear throughout the, this stream, the other four CEOs are going to be gone. Dish is going to die if they get bought out. Uh, Donald Trump should let T-Mobile and Sprint merge. He does not want to be bought out. He wants to be the buyer. He wants to keep his CEO job. And maybe he should. He's been a fantastic CEO. T-Mobile's probably the best performing wireless company right now. Taking shares. Stock price has done great under his range. So maybe he should. But it's just interesting that you can see kind of his incentives mm -hmm. slipping. His incentives, his worldview slipping through into his 2017's predictions. That said, I think there are a lot of ones that are likely. Uh, Comcast is already partnering with Verizon using Verizon's wireless's network to uh, launch their own wireless service. So they're already in the wireless game. A lot of people think if that uh, test goes well, it will lead to Comcast buying 
uh, a wireless provider. The one thing I can guarantee you is the wireless provider will not be Comcast Verizon because that will be antitrust dead on arrival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there even the most uh, right wing of economists would probably say Comcast Verizon is a step too far on antitrust grounds. Too big, just takes all the markets down to two few players. I don't know if you want to comment there. Or- no, no I, I think that that's correct. You know, if you can announce uh, the AT&T uh, blast effort at this level of consolidation, and maybe you can get the same people to try again here, but it's uh, that won't happen. Although this really does show why freer regulatory regimes doesn't leave arbitrageurs and people uh, trying to contemplate whether deals will get done with nothing to do because the companies just become that much more bold and somebody will be playing close to the line. Um, So yeah, no, I think that of all of these uh, predictions, I think, although he gave it the most fun name, we will not see the creation of the ultimate evil corporation of all time. You need to put your your pinky to your face when you say the ultimate evil corporation. But uh, but no, look, I think so. Which ones do you think are most likely? I won't. It's nine, so I won't say rank them. But do you have any one or two? Do you have any prediction that that you think is the most likely? As I said, Comcast is already partnering with Verizon, so they're already. But look, everything I said says 2017. As soon as the uh, the FTC spectrum auction ends. T-Mobile, Sprint, and Dish, in some form, those three guys are going to get bought out. Whether it's one of the tech companies you mentioned buying them, uh, Comcast buying them to launch a wireless network, or Verizon buying one of them to launch a uh, to improve their spectrum. And if they bought Dish to kind of match the AT&T DirecTV, uh, you know, foreplay thing. Uh, I, I think it's happening. If you look at Europe, all the big providers over there have the quad play where you offer cable internet. You offer cable internet, phones, and wireless under one company. Right now, most of us, is it's th- the three play and then a wireless play separately. I think the world tends towards four play. I think that's just a given. Uh, anything else here? The, the other one, you know, I would say the big four, all the other wireless CEOs getting fired, I think that is... Uh, probably a little too intense you know AT&T CEO seems like he's in a good spot Mm -hmm. uh he just did that massive Time Warner deal maybe if that falls through he gets fired uh Verizon CEO seems like he's doing okay it's tough for me to say maybe the stink if like Yahoo got hacked again or something I don't know but I think that's pretty bold but you know I think these are interesting predictions it would actually be very early for either the Time Warner deal for AT&T or respectively the Yahoo deal for Verizon to become a failure for the buyer. You'd think that their failure would be a few years from now in terms of the information flowing through their financials. Um, But yeah, no, I think that, that, I think he just had fun uh, predicting the demise of his competitors. And the one good thing for AT&T, like, AT&T, when the T-Mobile deal broke, they had to pay T-Mobile a massive breakup fee when mm-hmm. regulators bro- blocked that deal. That's something you can get fired for. Hey, we have to pay $5 billion to someone because this deal that we thought we could get through that was clearly dead on arrival didn't happen. But in AT&T's case, they negotiated a very low breakup fee if the regulators block it. So even if it gets blocked, he can go to his board and say, hey, we had this great strategy. We knew there was a risk, and we appropriately sized the breakup fee in case it showed up. We, we thought it, there was tons of upside with almost no downside. So I, I think he's in a good spot. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, of, of his predictions, the one, the three that jumped out of the nine to me, I think, I think prediction number three, the mobile over half of TV viewing by the end of uh, the year, I, I think that that it really seems like it's going so dramatically in that yep, direction. Yep. Um, I think that, yeah, no, I agree with uh, Dish 
being gone, I might have incorrectly predicted that that would have happened by now. But it's uh, the the industry people I have heard speak think Dish, T-Mobile, Sprint. They think they would have gotten bought out in 2016, except the Spectrum auction prevented any anyone from dancing. Kind of, no one could talk mm-hmm. while the Spectrum. As soon as that's done, everybody thinks just the mergers are on big consolidation. I think that's absolutely right. And then last thought I wanted to uh, have here was that uh, I believe that his. Enthusiasm for being the last man standing, his explanation for how he could survive a consolidation wave, uh, which is that uh, SoftBank's uh, Sprint ends up needing both T-Mobile and needing T-Mobile's CEO is sort of convenient uh, and that there could be some disruption to that. So that even if a deal is announced, we could see a multi-bidder situation for T-Mobile. Interesting, interesting. Um, I wanted to move on to the next topic, unless there's anything you needed to to add to that. As long as when you talk about the one million jobs, you put your pinky to your mouth. Yes, okay, so so, um, the next topic I wanted to bring up was Alibaba and Alibaba's CEO, Jack Ma, uh, a great uh, great businessman. Uh, He just met with the president-elect in the U.S. He's somebody who is very politically savvy. He really knows how to handle politics in the PRC. He appears equally adept at handling U.S. politics uh, in, I was going to say in Washington, but for the time being in Trump Tower. (laughs) Uh, And uh, he even managed to to arrive without any secret papers being photographed by the press, which is... uh, uh, has, has been fail, a failure of several of his predecessor uh, visitors. Um, he uh, he really knows how to communicate with the U.S. president-elect, by which I mean Twitter, uh, and they tweeted on his way in that Alibaba wants to create U.S. jobs by helping U.S. small businesses and farmers sell to China's 300 million strong middle class, which sounds like every failed Shark's Tank uh, <laughs> uh, pitch I've ever heard. And this appeared to go over really well with uh, the uh, president-elect Trump said that the meeting was great and that he was great great so he had three greats in the first sentence uh, as an entrepreneur uh, and I just wanted to uh, the first question I want to ask you specifically is SoftBank offered 50,000 jobs Alibaba offered a million it's not really clear what governs these promises so will this be the top or will someone outbid Alibaba in terms of amorphous U.S. job commitment pledges so it's interesting (laughs) the million jobs i went and looked at it and it's by opening up our platform a million small and medium-sized businesses will join our platform which will lead to a million jobs so it's like the most the loosest correlation you can say while still kind of being rooted reality in order to go over a million you think somebody's just going to have to step away completely from reality which i'm not sure is an issue when you're just trying to win the headline game but i i think this is the top it has to be uh, what, what do you think? You know, it's really it's really hard uh, to say. It's, it's a kind of a funny uh, it's a kind of a funny thing for capitalism. These kind of grandiose plans were very typical of communism, most specifically, and fascism as well. You know, where you would have a five year plan and you'd have these kind of bold, dramatic, ideological, but also highly theoretical claims. And the thing about capitalism is most CEOs are just kind of course correcting day to day they don't have these kind of five-year plans as much um but uh so i think that that's kind of uh 
uh, you know, curious. And, and related to the communism, you know, one of the aspects of communism is central planning, yep. and that that has generally involved micromanaging the yep. economy. And I, I think it's been really interesting all the focus Donald Trump has had on the automakers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it seems to be a very old world way of thinking to me. Uh, I looked it up just before the p- podcast. In 2015, the automakers were 3% of uh, U.S. GDP. So obviously they may be a little outsized in terms of jobs impact. But for the president-elect to be spending, you know, it seems like well more than 20% of his time on negotiating these deals and getting the car makers to bring jobs and plants back to the U.S., it just seems like that's almost micromanaging. It's almost like there's a better use of his time. What, one of the critiques that sometimes people make of uh, politicians that try central planning is that they are picking winners and losers. And my favorite reaction that Cliff Asnes of AQR said about the current administration is these guys don't pick winners and losers. They just apparently pick the losers. <laughs> uh, when talking about Solyndra and their history of, uh, of uh, their VC effort through Washington has been largely a failure. But if you look right now, the idea not only that you should have the central planned uh, commitment to the autos uh, because it's kind of 50 years out of date. But this could have a future that is just in the single digit number of years in a form that looks anything like the current industry. So it's a very strange time for this big kind of jobs push in autos. And I'm glad you mentioned the prior administration because one of the things I wanted to think about was, you know, it feels like we're talking about Donald Trump so much in everything investment related. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now some of that is because new president, a lot of regulatory uncertainty, and we're going from literally, you know, a vi- one of the most negative uh, antitrust environments we've ever seen to most positive in terms of just allowing deals to get yes. done is what it seems like. But is all this time we're spending talking on Trump, is it? Is it typical for uh, kind of a change in presidencies and regimes, or is it very specific to this because it's such a wild card? He's so unknown. It's just interesting to think I, about. I think it's new on two dimensions. Uh, the first dimension being this being so new and unexpected uh, in terms of the uh, uh, type of inbound administration. But secondly, and related to the fact that he was able to get elected, a total mastery of this era of media and what the media is demanding and he is willing to supply anything that they demand and so having somebody who's willing to fill that void and is doing so masterfully i think really uh kind of uh exacerbates the situation you know and this is going back to our first thing uh one thing that it only came to me as we were talking about donald trump you know we mentioned the comcast uh verizon potential merger and said it was dead on arrival uh, you know, it's set on arrival for a lot of reasons, but you can't neglect Donald Trump is apparently still mad at NBC for releasing, releasing the Access Hollywood video. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to him wanting to block AT&T Time Warner because of what you've heard, he doesn't like the CNN aspect of it. He might block that merger just because he doesn't like the NBC aspect mm-hmm. of Comcast. So it, it is interesting. But again, that is something you mentioned. This is more typical of communism than uh, capitalism. capitalism. Uh, bear, holding grudges and using it to kind of hit companies despite what might make sense. That's much more typical of communism, yeah. banana republics, dictatorships than what we've seen. The uh, the South Korean government actually has a whole new office 
that's job is dedicated to following his Twitter feed. Really? So that they can just kind of have like a quick rapid response so they know kind of which political direction to go in. Uh, and it makes sense, I guess. That's the that's the world in which we live. Could you see uh, like big banks, you know, every big bank has their macro, their macro forecaster, their oil forecaster, everything. Could you see the big banks having a similar role where they need their Donald Trump Twitter <laughs> analyzer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, that is all the time we have for today. Uh, before we hit our disclosures, a reminder, if you like this podcast, I hope you like this podcast, uh, please follow and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Audioboom. If you don't like the volume of my voice, I know, I know, I'm, I'm so close to this microphone, it's almost inappropriate. I think you're killing it today, I'll uh, be honest. But uh, hopefully that hasn't been too big a problem. Sorry if it has. Disclosure for me, I'm along a dash of T-Mobile and Dish, and I am short more than a dash of Alibaba. Well, I, I, I am short more than a dash of Alibaba too, but I think it's only fair to say we're short that because we're long Yahoo and we're just hedging out the Alibaba yes. part. Uh, and just as we were going to the podcast, did you see Yahoo cutting down their board if the rising deal goes through and changing their name to Altaba, which where do you think that falls on the scale of awful corporate names? I am going to have some more to say about that <laughs> corporate name. I, 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 I wish I didn't get so caught up in this. But I Let's really just leave care. it to be continued. You always got to leave on a cliffhanger. We'll, we'll I will have that more to say about this. All right. Talk to you guys soon.